0: hello and welcome back to the catch i am your host michael adams today i am joined by the prodigal son himself once he was gone now he is back everyone please help me in joining john rahimi back to the podcast jonathan how's it going
1: it's great it's good to be back even though (laughs) As I told you before we started, I'm very nervous to be back. It's weird. (laughs) Podcast nerves are real.
0: Yeah, I know you get in the routine and it becomes normal. And then like, even for myself, I take like a two week break. Like I get back and I'm like, Oh my goodness. I forget. Like, how how do I start this? Like, how do I talk again?
1: You know, there's like no one here but i feel like there's people watching me and listening to me <laughs> it's so <laughs> freaky
0: yeah, i know it feels like that but for those who aren't aware why john um took a little bit of a leave of absence for some time um he is currently a seminarian at mundelein for the diocese archdiocese my apologies archdiocese, Arch- please thank you <laughs> archdiocese of chicago um yeah john for those who aren't familiar mind uh Give them a little preview of, a, I get not preview, summary of what your past couple of months have looked like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's been, it's been wild. Uh, uh, way through week eight right now, the first semester. Um, so it's been, it's been a lot different than what I was doing last year, living uh, a more contemplative life, shall we say. Um, this is much more active. It's like being in grad school, you're just kind of like reading and doing homework, writing papers, taking tests, and, uh, that's a lot of what the life is like. Um, Cause I'm in philosophy right now. So just kind of getting that stuff um, and learning what it means to kind of be in the seminary community. Um, but yeah, with COVID, things have been kind of weird here. Um, there's a lot more rules than normally and gotta be a little bit more careful. But um, other than that, it's been really cool to be with like a ton of different guys. Like last year I only had two other other guys living in the house with me and now I've got, you know, 130 other guys all across the board and even my own classes classes am just couple of guys who are in their 30s and then the rest of us are kind of spread out through our 20s. Um mixing mix of people and people from different dioceses. Got a couple of guys from Texas, right from Columbia, one guy from Kansas. I mean it's just it's cool to see so many different people answering the call in uh in their own way and seeing how they've kind of made their way here, which is very different from the way that I've made my way here. Um yeah. So it's been it's been a very interesting experience to say. That. But I'm I'm happy to be here. It's been it's been a wild ride and God's doing some great things, I think. I
0: I can I can uh testify that he is for you from a friendship viewpoint. Um I know I'm definitely happy to have John uh in the seminary this year and not doing his spirituality again. Um, because that year was kind of brutal to be a friend when you couldn't reach out to him um, as often. You know, our communications were much more limited and few and far in between. So this has been really great to be able to yeah. Actually, be able to you know text John on a Wednesday night and get a text Wednesday night, and uh, it, it was a little bit tougher to balance all of that last year when you were uh, gone. I mean, praise be to God, it was a great year for you, and I think definitely a ton of spiritual growth and just personal growth came from that. Um, but also, definitely excited to have more access to you right now.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> I think um, some of the things that I developed <laughs> during the spirituality or may have transferred because when you're kind of alone and only like you know thinking and praying and reading um for a year <laughs> you kind of develop a, a hermit-like disposition <laughs> and i noticed i was studying for a test we had midterms last week and i was studying and i had to like memorize this well not memorize but kind of memorize a uh, encyclical from john paul ii and i realized that I do it better if I do it out loud and a really weird voice. <laughs> and I had my, I stayed with my door and in my room reading through this document. Um, it was just like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I'll read from this other encyclical that I have in front of me. But I was like, the best way to dominate and gain control of people is to spread despair into the For whatever reason, talking like that just like got it in my head. But people would walk by and be like, what the heck are you doing right now? I was like, just ignore me, please alone it's like the whole but idea of yeah, like turning, so if i
0: oh sorry it's like that whole idea of like turning things into songs to remember them like like the bone song yeah or yeah like yeah. those kinds of things it's like just like it's funny how like our Wait, mind like the bone song I, isn't isn't it like off hannah montana i if i'm embarrassed I, I, I didn't have disney growing up
1: i know disney channel growing up i'm pretty
0: certain that's a thing where it's like you essentially sang and like when you were singing like you named all the different bones in your body I think that's the oh. thing. We did it. We did the periodic oh. table as a song. If that maybe tickles your feather a little bit, I don't know. I don't know. I did that in like seventh grade for extra credit, and I did ten. I did I did ten different um, elements, and after the ten, I said, "This isn't worth it. I don't care about my grade that much," and I didn't do it. I just I, I literally so got you don't, it from, you don't remember it. No, I got in front of the class, started it, and I went, "Nope," and just sat down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I don't care that much I
1: memorized I memorized a uh in seventh grade also uh there was a poem in the fellowship of the ring that we were reading for class that we had to memorize called Durin's day it was like 168 lines and it memorize the whole thing and then say it out loud and I memorized it to a blink 182 song <laughs> I don't remember what's the it was um I still remember the first line uh what was it uh the world was young. oh adam's song that's what it was okay. you know du, 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 du. you know what i'm talking about i do not no i'm you know, lost you know, right YouTube now guy?
0: oh crap i, I mean go. i know, Bleak okay. well, anyway, but I, don't know. I, I don't know i guess i don't know enough
1: yeah it was it's a really depressing song but it was the, the beat really worked out well so
0: yeah worked out for the poem anyway that's why
1: but i hated lord of the rings because of that for a long time so i'm glad i rekindled my love for it
0: i was like now you are Schmigel himself
1: that's right yeah incarn- reincarnated people to watch <laughs> yeah i got people to watch the whole trilogy over the summer so oh.
0: it's a good thing to do you gotta do it. if you haven't
1: you have to already yeah go read lord of the rings or watch the movies i just bought narnia a full um look at this thing it's like a tome Oh, my oh, goodness. Books. That is terrifying. And one. It's beautiful. I'm going to read that next.
0: That reminds me of... So, uh, yeah. I, th- I always forget the name of it. It's a book by Thomas uh, Merton, though, of uh, maybe Fire Within. I think that's the book I'm reading right now. I think it's the title of it. But it's like 450 pages and it has the smallest text, <laughs> the smallest font. Every time I open this book, I'm like, I'm never going to finish you. It's going to take me two years to finish this book.
1: Yeah. See, I go for the small print, like C.S. Lewis. I was reading The Great Divorce, Mm. which is not about divorce, but it's uh, the print is like humongous and it's like 120 pages. I felt so accomplished after I finished it in like a day. I was like, (laughs) I just read that whole book. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not that impressive.
0: (laughs) I'm impressed, Sean.
1: Yeah. Well, then you'll be impressed with this other C.S. Lewis book that we're going to look at. Oh,
0: there it is. What is the C.S. Lewis
1: book? It's called Mere Christianity.
0: I've heard a lot of things and about it. Never yeah, read it it's,
1: though. i had never read it either. Um, someone told me about it in college. I thought, mm, that's nice. Um, and then I ignored it for nice five years. Um, but it's like a really good book um, that gives you like the basics of Christianity in a very like rational way. It's not very, like, it starts like not acknowledging God and it moves you into like the kind of theology of the Trinity by the end of it. Oh, very um, cool. So it kind of goes through all like the basics of Christianity from, you know, where everyone kind of can agree on between the different denominations and Catholics. Um so it's a really good book just for anyone who's interested in in the faith, we're just kind of getting a better sense of their faith and how to talk to people about it who might not know a whole lot about Christianity. This book's good for that. But that's not what we're gonna be talking about today. Today we're gonna to be talking about pride. Oof.
0: I can tell you, John, I'm an expert on pride, mainly because I am super prideful unfortunately yeah
1: same that's kind of why i wanted to talk about this we only talk about the things that we really struggle with yeah this is like you get snapshots into our life anyways so um yeah i don't know this has just been like a topic and i read this chapter which is really short but it's really good it's just kind of like he's got little like lines in here that just kind of just like twist the knife and you're like oh yeah that's right i kind of do that um so yeah i just thought it would be kind of cool to Look at what Pride is. And then um, he kind of gives some misconceptions about what people think Pride is and kind of how that messes with us a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's a little roadmap for where we're going to be heading this evening. Pumped. Take me on the journey, dude. Take me on the journey. So, buckle up and follow us down the lane to Prideville. Prideville. (laughs) So, (laughs) gosh, I come back and things just get really weird.
0: Uh, Uh, They were always weird. It's okay. Yeah.
1: Um, Good, so um, let's just start with a definition that's not in the book, from St. Thomas Aquinas, who tells a little bit about pride. So in uh, the Summa, Thomas's big old book, uh, he has a section on pride. This is question 162. Uh, So he lists uh, a bunch of objections about why pride might not be a sin, uh, and then he puts forth the contrary. And says that um, pride, superbia, is so called because a man thereby aims higher than he is. A man is said to be proud because he wishes to appear above what he really is. Now, does that sound like anyone we know? <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> yeah,
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an interesting definition, John. I, I've honestly never really heard pride painted in that light before uh you know i've always probably been told the very generic version of pride which is like the whole idea of like an excessive amount of love for yourself um and it kind of bleeds over into like vanity and all those kinds of deals but (laughs) when you say pride in the way
1: that you do it's a lot harder for me to avoid it i think Uh yeah and that's where i think c.s lewis kind of uh i think he's taking saint thomas's definition and simplifying it in a very like concise way where he says um pride is essentially competitive and that one i think is where it gets a lot of people it's like oh like those competitive people that we know (laughs) i.e ourselves (laughs) i I was like i.e myself i have a
0: competition problem
1: um i think i think it's right even what you were saying like right it's a an excessive love of self to the detriment of the other person so that like i I put myself higher up because I care so much more about myself than I care about the other person, um, and that's where I think it can get a little, little dicey, you know. Yeah,
0: and honestly, because when you say that idea of like, you know, oh, you love yourself too much in, in today's culture, you know, self love is something that's you know promoted, and mm-hmm. we all should be practicing self love. But I, I like how he kind of balances that idea of it's the competition and how you even said it of it's where I love myself to a point where I'm putting myself above at the detriment and at the fall of you. Um, it's not a matter of like, I just, I love myself because I love myself. You are suffering. It's a matter. I'm putting myself above you and because of my yeah. self putting myself above you, essentially you are becoming hurt.
1: Yeah. I mean like we, uh, I know from my own experience, it's usually like coming from a place and even CS Lewis talks about this that it's like you're asserting power over that person. Like in competition, you're, you know, it's a power struggle, right? There's a, that's what's going on. And then I assert my power over the other person. So I make myself feel superior towards the other, whether it's an intellectual superiority, uh, emotional superiority, uh, you know, wealth, whatever the case might be, but just like it's competitive because it's seeking power over the other. So, so it's essentially about power. Um, but like, I think people, yeah, and I know I, I did this a lot too, um, where pride just kind of gets conflated into like, oh, it's like you said, the excess of love. Um, but I think pride leads to like a coldness, you know, like it's a coldness of heart. It's not a like, you know, you see like someone who's competitive, like they're really passionate and fiery, but I don't think pride is that way. I think pride is the opposite.
0: Yeah, John, honestly, that, that coldness that you speak of is quite intriguing to me because uh, I don't necessarily think it's like a coldness of emotions where like we just lack emotion in general because I know I could be emotional at times, but I'm also can be very prideful at times. But I think the coldness that you're maybe talking about is more of a coldness towards others uh, where we don't really care how our actions or what we do, we don't care how they affect those around us. So in my in my mind and in my life, I think it comes out in the way of I'm going to go ahead and do this out of self-betterment and out of love for myself because I want to do this And the fallout that comes Mm -hmm. of it, well, you guys just have to deal with it. That's your problem. You should have been ready for me to take action here. And if you weren't, oh, well, that's not my fault. I'm doing this out of self-care and out of self-love. And honestly, that's a really cheap and bogus excuse for just being prideful and putting yourself above those around you. Um, I know in confession before, I've sometimes said that, you know, this coldness of my decisions of I make these decisions for myself without a care in the world of those around me or even i care so much about the decisions of others not because of how they are going to affect them but rather how their how their decisions are going to bleed over into my life and it's like that's not necessarily pride in yourself of i'm going to make these decisions it's just more of a selfishness but i think that selfishness and pride really intertwine a lot in this definition that we're talking about
1: for sure yeah and i think the um I like what you're saying there. Cause it looks at like, uh, then how do we relate to God? Right. If that's our disposition, where I'm always thinking about like me and my issues or, um, you know, you should be been ready for this and yada, yada. Like that can kind of, how we when things happen in our life, um, and even like Thomas's definition there of like, um, where you talks about like what person it's like, what someone's reality is where they are, where they ought to be. Um, And if we're prideful, then our relationship to God is clearly not where it ought to be. Like how we see ourselves, because we are prideful, is not where we really are. Um, Because we, as a proud person, and that's what C.S. Lewis talks about, is that we're looking down on things and on people. And he says, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. So you can't know God if you're prideful. And I was like, ooh, dude, that's really good. Honestly, to
0: me, when we think about that relationship of who we are in comparison to God, and even when you said it there, it even clicked even more for me when you're saying we're up here looking down on people. Mm-hmm. When we look at pride, when we look at, you know, if we are these prideful people and these prideful beings in these situations, we are not looking at ourselves as humans. We're not seeing ourselves as humans. We're seeing mm-hmm. ourselves as God almost. Mm-hmm. And we're, mm-hmm. we're holding ourselves in that regard.
1: Yeah. I mean, like we're, it's like uh, the image that I have is like, if you're looking down on people, you know, kind of quote unquote with God you're your own god and god's kind of like your buddy buddy like you're the two like looking down on everyone else and being like oh god let's see that person didn't no, i would never have done that like i'm up here with you um but like any he, he says i love this it's just it's so good and it's so poignant but it's like if if there's ever a time when you start to think that like um you know god is um when i pray to god like he's just there to like make me feel uh really good about myself and um better than other people always like yes, God's gonna make you feel good about yourself and knowing who you are, that's part of it. But if, if it's in relation to other people and saying like, I'm better than them, you know, the, the, the publican and the tax collector in Luke's gospel um, is a great example of this where the, uh, the te- who is it? Publican and the tax, te- no, it's the Pharisee and the tax collector, sorry, publican's yeah. the same thing. Uh, yeah. But the Pharisee goes like, you know, thank God, I'm not like these, those other people who do X, Y, and Z. Um, like if there's there ever, ever a time in prayer that we're doing that, yeah. That's not God who we're talking to. That's Satan. Who's being like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Keep telling me more. <laughs> Tell me how good you are. But he's just eating it up. Um, and that's dangerous because we think like, I'm, I'm feeling good. I feel like, uh, affirmed in myself and my mm-hmm. abilities. And it's like, Ooh, yeah. I need a, a reality check. Yeah. I guess,
0: honestly, I, that's something I struggle with though, too, is understanding that in what do we do in response to those feelings um, cause honestly, I think a lot of those feelings are unavoidable and a lot of them are just, they are natural thoughts that come up in our mind, whether we want them to or not. And I think that's especially true if you already are someone who does struggle with pride. It's not like it's a switch where you can just turn it off and suddenly you don't have these prideful thoughts anymore. So I guess my question you would be, maybe, maybe there is a concrete answer, maybe there's not, but how do we go about balancing like the whole idea of self-love versus this idea of finding that balance between we're equals, we're both humans, and, you know, God's way above us. How do we balance that with self-love and not self-deprecation? And then secondly, how do we actually combat this?
1: Yes, that is an excellent question. And one that our dear friend Aristotle would be able to help us with. Ooh. It's actually funny you say this because we were talking about this in a class that I was in um, on Monday. Um And I brought this up because my teacher was like, wow, thanks for sharing that. That was really like vulnerable. And I was like, yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm struggling with this.
0: The king of vulnerability.
1: I know. Um, No, but I think it's so, yeah, this is is good because um, we need to, I think you're right. They're going to come up and that's where self-knowledge comes in that we need to like recognize like that's part of our own struggle. And if you're someone who struggles with pride, then you need to know like, those are issues that I'm going to struggle with. And those are mm-hmm. thoughts that are going to come up and not to be freaked out when they do. Um, so that kind of uh, initial self-knowledge and then in the right way, self love. So I need to like be compassionate towards myself and um, patient knowing that God is working on me and I'm working with him in that way. Um, but then also um, this then leads to, to friendship um, that I then go out of myself knowing who I am and being uh, affirmed in that, um, I need to recognize the other, which is where friendship is, is crucial. You can't just be some stranger, but a friend, um, who I have affection and love for and recognize that they are unique and different from me. Not like, Oh, they have like different, you know, likes and dislikes. That's important, but fundamentally that they are a unique subject. They're not just an object to my subject. So if I see myself as the the predominant subject of everything that happens in the world, like a prideful person would, um, then everything is then an object to me to be used Mm -hmm. and controlled at my leisure. But if there's a unique subject before me, that puts uh, a strain there um, in a good way, (laughs) because now I have to see like, okay, um, these thoughts are there, but I don't have to obey them because I can't actually control that unique subject just as... Um, I don't think that unique subject can control me. Mm-hmm. So it is like a lot of like really challenging the thoughts that come up, I think is, is key. It's not like a, an easy formula, but it's, um, noting them when they pop up and then being able to challenge them and see the reality and the truth of it being like, God has created this person unique for myself, but he's also created me unique and that's good. So I need to be able to be in relationship with another unique person.
0: Now, this honestly, maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but it reminds me of the story when, uh, the woman is about to have all of the the stones cast at her. She's about to be stoned Mm -hmm. and Jesus steps up and he stops and he goes, let, let the first of you without sin be the first to cast the stone and all of the guy, everyone's like, Oh, dang. I I can't, I can't name that. To me, Jesus takes on the form of those combative thoughts that you're talking about. Uh, When when we have this pride, it's, it's a matter of checking, okay, we're having these thoughts and then combating it with the reality of, okay, I have these thoughts, but what what is truly happening here in this situation? And what am I truly looking at? Like, how should I truly be acting? And not just taking every single thought you have as the absolute end all be all.
1: Yeah. I like that example a lot, actually. Nice. Yeah. I have to be careful, too, because um, pride's a big, like, you know, the big sin. Um, But uh, so the devil's going to work hard in making sure that we're falling in that way to the point where he'll allow us to, you know, uh, make progress, uh, in other areas, like, um, I don't know, like chastity, or if we're, um, temper, like we're gluttons or something like that, he'll help. He'll like, okay, fine. You can have that win. That's fine. But then we get prideful being like, look how good I am. I'm growing. Look how good I am for like beating this thing or that thing or whatever. And he's just like laughing being like, Oh dude, you are eating it up. Let's go. <laughs> and like, It's, it's, but it's tough though, because it's, we see ourselves growing, which is good, but it's so easy for us to turn to ourselves, but I must be growing because I'm so good. It's so easy to kind of push God out of the picture and be like, yeah, you didn't really do anything. Like, thanks for answering my prayers, quote unquote, but it's like, I did it. That was me. Yeah. It's like, no, dude,
0: (laughs) it goes back to the whole idea of like why God didn't make us perfect. Like, why are we not perfect? If, Mm -hmm. If we were perfect, we would have no need for a God. It's that same idea when we're prideful of look at all that I did suddenly again we put ourselves in the way of we're buddy buddy with god like looking down on our creation and it becomes the source of all of this fruit and the foundation of all this fruit becomes ourselves when in reality that's just a big heaping mess of a lie um but again that's just always the temptation to go back on ourselves and center in on ourselves instead of actually going and giving credit where credit is due
1: yes and speaking of yeah credit where credit's due um that's not just, I think, it, an important clarification that I probably didn't make is that we, um, we can do things. Like, it's not like we're inoperative. Yeah. Um, grace isn't magic. Like, we have to be able to cooperate with it. So, there's an activity on our part. Um, I think that's where uh, C.S. Lewis gets into these misconceptions about pride, misunderstandings. Um, and there's three. So, the first one is exactly what you were just talking about. Um, uh, but praise where praise is due. It's okay to receive praise. It doesn't make you prideful if like someone yeah. says like, Hey, you did a really good job of that. be like, no, I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I'm horrible. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. Don't do that. Um, no one but, likes that guy. No one likes that. It's honestly it's like, very frustrating. <laughs> um, but uh, like, so it's okay to take pleasure and to be like, please buy that. Like, Oh wow. Like someone really like took notice of me. Like that's okay. Um, that's a human reaction. The, the trouble begins, he says, is when we start to um, delight more in ourselves. And the less uh, you delight in the praise, the worse you're becoming, which sounds harsh. But like when I start delighting in me and like, oh, I'm so good and yada, yada, versus like just the, the praise that was given, it's like, oh, thank you for that. That was a nice compliment and appreciate that. Um, I think of, uh, you know, Martha and Mary hosting Jesus at their house in Luke 10 is when uh, if like, imagine yourself as uh, Martha, like running around. And I think the gospel starts where it's like, you know, Jesus uh decides he like decides to stay at their house you imagine yourself as martha being like wow like the lord chose to stay at my house that's awesome that's Mm -hmm. good but then like the twist is then it's like i wonder why as soon as you ask why like why did jesus want to stay at my house it must be because i'm so good yeah like i'm like awesome so of course he wants to stay with me and then like you know she gets pissed at mary She's like look she's not doing anything she's not even trying I'm the one he wanted to see because look at all the stuff I'm doing and me and then I, and then me and then, rah, you know, <laughs> so it's a tough one, but it's like, I think just to note that pleasure is pleasure or yeah. Taking pleasure in like praise is okay. If yeah. it's about that.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's an important distinction. Um, cause again, sometimes when we, we can overly turn this and become almost overly humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know what the technical term is, but, uh, where we just start to think, we can't accept any compliments. We can't accept any praise because we're no good. We're just worthless. We have nothing to offer. And that's also very, very dangerous and also not correct.
1: Right. Yeah. Like you said there, yeah, it's like, we're not worthless. We have nothing to offer. It's like, no, like we are worth a lot and we have plenty to offer. And that's exactly, all good. exactly. Yeah. Um, so number two, um, it's kind of a semantic thing. So we're just gonna skip that. Actually, this <laughs> <laughs> is like like a dad who says like he's proud of his son. Like yeah. like oh, don't say that. It's like no, it's okay to say that. It's basically yeah. his point. Um. Anyways, number three. <laughs> uh, this is a kind of like, um. This is just more like an affirmation point about, um, God. He's not, like, hung up on us being prideful because he wants all the praise and glory for himself. Um, it's about us, which is just really beautiful when you think about it. Like he's just so concerned with us, which is awesome. Um, but CS Lewis says he's not in the least worried about his dignity. The point is he wants you to know him, wants to give you himself. So we said at the beginning of this, the, uh, the prideful man is the one looking down. And as long as he's looking down, he can't look up and know what's above him. So I can't know God. If I'm prideful, if I'm always looking down at other people, my vision is, is, limited in that way. So we can't know God. It's like, again, like Martha, Martha could be prideful and running around the house serving everyone, wouldn't anything, looking down on everyone like her sister and never once look at Jesus, the person she's actually hosting until Jesus like grabs her and says, Hey, how you doing? I'm right here. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just important to note that, like, yeah, um, the, the reason God wants us to be humble is so that like we can get to know him and have a real relationship. Yeah. and understand how much we loved <laughs> yeah, I
0: think that's I, honestly I'm pretty speechless, but that that's just a really beautiful insight there. Uh, just it's always just back to knowing him, loving him and understanding him and then in turn knowing loving and understanding ourselves in a more pure and appropriate way.
1: yeah and I, yeah exactly yeah, it's it's a pure way of knowing um, because we we cast off. C.S. Lewis says here like the false self all these kind of like decorative trappings that we put over ourselves to make ourselves feel more superior because in the end of the day I think it's just like we're doing that when we're prideful uh at least I know I do because I just really like I'm craving love I want to be loved mm-hmm. and who does that first and foremost than God like God's the only one who can do that in the way that like I really am desiring um Saint Augustine says that but like uh yeah, I'm, I'm desiring love, but I've put all these trappings on to get people's attention, to love me. And I s- put myself up on a pedestal. He's like, I am des- I'm, I am deserving of love. You better freaking know it. Yeah. Um, but he says that, no, we need to be humble. And once we get rid of all that stuff, we're just delighted to feel the infinite relief of having someone just love us and experience us and get to know us and us to get to know them without all of that crap. Yeah. And it's just, I think that the, the way he says it, that infinite relief that's what it feels like. Yeah. you were just feel it like, just that weight off. Like, wow, I didn't need to do all that stuff. And they still love me. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. Just weight off the shoulders. Yeah. So that's the third point, And that's the, that'd be the end of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, uh, I am half tempted to go buy this book right now and read it myself. It's really uh, good. But I, I really loved what he had to say there. And I, again, I, I loved what you had to say there. Listen, really beautiful insights that I'm going to take to prayer with me actually tonight. So thank you for the fuel.
1: You are welcome. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for having this conversation. It's always nice to share the vulnerabilities of our problems.
0: Oh yeah. We, uh, we love giving people the insight into our mind of, uh, our trials and tribulations. Somebody could write a book about us by now, John, and just all the, all the, all the weaknesses of Michael and John.
1: there are plenty yeah so yep. well like, hey it gives people something to pray about for us
0: hey the book will probably be about the size of your narnia book so uh oh well that's just that's just the way it is
1: <laughs>
0: well I'd everyone uh yeah, yeah I, I would too yeah, i'd be am interested prideful. um but yeah, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, again, please keep John and myself in your prayers, especially John right now as he is in seminary. Uh, definitely say a couple extra prayers for him. But if you have any questions, concerns, feel free to reach out to us at the catchcc at gmail.com. Also, don't forget if you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction to pornography, uh, make sure to check out Covenant Eyes. Their link is in the description of this podcast below. Uh, check out their resources. They have really great stuff. I've seen The lives of many men and women changed via this software. So make sure to check that out below. But that's all we got for you here today at The Catch. So until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Have a great
1: night.